Today's episode of the Plus Art Podcast is sponsored to you by Anchor.com, the easiest way to get your podcast for free. Go to Anchor.com or Anchor.fm to get your podcast started today for free. And now on to today's episode of the Russell Art Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Wrestling Roundup from the WrestleArc Podcast. My name is Ross Blocks, and joining me here today is the king of the CMU Cruiserweights, Aled Thomas. Who is muted. Well, moving on, we have the rant king. Oh, there he is. The Rant King, Thomas Noble. Halt! In the name of the Rant King, Claude! And last but not least, we have the reigning, defending, undisputed WrestleArc champion, Payton Cash, who is muted and cooking. Of course he is fucking cooking. He, he could cook up some tits. As if he didn't have enough already. But anyway, for the wrestling roundup today, we are going to be reviewing... This is probably going to be the biggest roundup yet. We had a heck ton of wrestling going on this week. We did indeed. indeed it was like did. a full week of wrestling. All seven days. A full seven days of wrestling is what we had. But enough talking, why don't we just get started with what happened while Peyton is cooking and doing nothing but fuck you mean all. cooking some you mean cooking some tits? Yeah, but anyway. Fuck's sake. 
let's just go with Monday Night Raw. All right, Monday Night Raw. We started with a match between Bobby Lashley and Xavier Woods. This show was the very last show taking place inside the Thunderdome. Which, by the way, we will not miss you, Thunderdome. No. We will not miss you. The final show in the Thunderdome kicked off the action right away with Lashley versus Woods. There was a short pre-match video, but no promo or speech from either competitor. Bobby established his dominance early by easily overpowering Woods and throwing him around. But the New Day man, Xavier Woods, used his speed to get in some offense once he remembered how strong Lashley is. Bobby Lashley threw him over the top rope right in front of Kingston before dropping him on the steps face first. We return from a commercial to see Lashley still dominating his opponent. Woods nailed a super kick out of desperation and followed up with a DDT that sent the champ out of the ring to recover. After he regained control, Lashley slammed his opponent a few times before throwing him out of the ring. He posted up in the corner and cut Woods in half with a spear. Instead of going for a pin, the Almighty wanted the hurt lock. Woods took advantage and used an inside cradle to get the upset victory. That was a huge victory for Woods, beating Bobby Lashley. And the fact that his uh, shoulders were actually down and not up during that was even bigger. Does this technically mean Woods should get a WWE title opportunity? Um, yeah, but he's probably not going to. I think I heard, I think I saw a tweet saying that he would trade that in for maybe something to do with King of the Ring. Interesting. Besides, if, if WWE does do King of the Wing, King of the Ring, please make King of the Wing. <laughs> chicken wings. I'm, I'm getting chicken Watch. wings later today. Watch. I'm getting chicken wings later today. That's why. <laughs> but um, yeah, if King of the Ring does happen, Xavier Woods needs. To win that, it would perfectly fit his character, though, if he does. But either way, the next segment we yeah. have Jinder Mahal walks out to the ring with Veer and Shanky after the break. He claimed he wanted to apologize, shake Drew McIntyre's hand, and return the sword he stole last week. Drew didn't show up until we saw a shot of him backstage. He taunted Jinder and called him a liar. Jinder Mahal revealed he had actually broken the sword in half, but McIntyre revealed it was only a replica. He showed that he still had the real thing before tearing up an exhaust pipe off Jinder Mahal's motorcycle. He continued to trash the bike as Mahal watched helplessly from the ring. He kicked the bike over before leaving. So pretty much, Drew got the better of Jinder. You can never they bring the real thing. You always want to bring a replica. They did. They did that whole bike thing to promote a toy. They did. They really, really did. Next up, we had Asuka <laughs> versus Naomi versus Nikki Ash versus Alexa Bliss. The four women from Raw who will compete in the Money in the Bank match Sunday met for a fatal four-way this week to see who could gain the most momentum heading into the pay-per-view. Naomi started with a dropkick to Asuka and Nikki Ash before Bliss cornered her for some shoulder thrusts. She flew off the ropes with a crossbody to Naomi for a quick near fall. Eva Marie and Dewdrop came down, and Eva told Dewdrop to distract Bliss. 
Alexa Bliss ignored Dewdrop and walked slowly at Eva until Dewdrop beat her down. Dewdrop picked up Bliss and threw her over the barricade. When Eva went to check on her, Bliss was gone. We returned to see from a break to see Asuka hit Naomi with a German suplex. She took out Nikki and Naomi, but failed to pin either competitor. Naomi scored a two-count on both women at the same time a few moments later. Nikki was able to steal the win over Asuka with a roll-up. She jumped around as she celebrated while Naomi and Asuka looked dejected. So pretty much mid-match, Alexa Bliss just ditched everybody. She was like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Next, we had AJ Styles versus Ivar. Both teams had a chance to deliver promos before this match took place, but Omos was silent while AJ Styles did all of the talking. Ivar and Styles countered each other's attacks a few times before the big man slapped AJ Styles down in the corner and hit a Bronco Buster for a two-count. Omos tried to low-bridge Ivar out of the ring, but he saw it coming. He hit a huge back body drop and a low cross body as he built up a head of steam. He cartwheeled around a clothesline and took Styles down for a near fall. Ivar ended up scoring a clean win with a version of a seated senton from the corner. AJ Styles lost to Ivar. But that's not the only match. Hello, Brando the Mando. Brando the Mando. Keep up the good work, Howard. Thank you, but tell everyone else. This is a group effort, bro. Not just me. I mean, it's been said multiple times. Russell Ark is a lead. And Luke is finally back. The Russell Ark champion, Peyton Cash. He's finally done cooking his food. And he's still... Well, there goes a lead. (laughs) Yeah, and he's done... And Peyton's done cooking his own tits. Will he unmute? He's not going to unmute. The little bitch. But next we have Eric versus Omos. Um, yes, After Styles was beaten by Ivar, their tag team partners had their own show down in the ring. Eric tried to apply a waist lock right away, but Omos threw him off like he was nothing. Eric escaped the power slam and went after the big man's leg. Omos caught him in a bear hug and squeezed the life out of him until he broke free. The Viking started hitting strikes to wear down his opponent, but one huge clothesline from Omos laid him out. Omos picked him up for a two-handed choke slam for the win. So Omos pretty much just wrecked Eric. He got destroyed. And next, we had a United States Championship match between Sheamus and Humberto Carrillo. But before the match happened, Sheamus attacked Carrillo backstage to give himself an unfair advantage. When the ref called for the bell, Carrillo couldn't even stand up on his own two feet. Sheamus drilled him with a broad kick for the win. The Celtic warrior went back for an attack until Damian Priest made the save and forced him to retreat. So it seems like we might be getting a feud between Damian Priest and Sheamus for the United States title at That's SummerSlam. That's that is going to be good, good, good. Want to know a scenario I would like to see? Imagine Damian Priest and Lucha House Party versus Sheamus, AJ, and Omos in a winner-take-all match, and Priest and Lucha House Party win. 
what would con man have to say would he be celebrating yes. or would he be no no they're talking about con man he has to etl tonight yes he's going to etl yep. tonight so for Monday night even Raw. though we don't talk about this but he has to now we don't talk about this anymore but he has I don't to yes, moving on it's gonna be a 10 out of 10 moving on yeah, which means peyton peyton our man has been ditching Pink Cash, which means he Pink will also have to go ETL. Anyway, continue. Anyway, we had which was a really good match. Falls count anywhere. Ricochet versus John Morrison. Ricochet started off strong before Morrison hit a neckbreaker on the apron for a two count. John Morrison maintained control and tried to pin Ricochet a couple more times unsuccessfully. He set up for Starship Pain, but Ricochet caught him and hit a German suplex for a near fall. They took the fight into the area outside of the barricade where Ricochet sent Morrison's head into the LED screens. They stood up on the barricade but ended up falling off before doing whatever they were going to do. Ricochet hit a beautiful 450 from the barricade for another two count. Morrison retreated out of the ring and his opponent went after him with a shooting star press from the top of the ring post. We return from a break to see Morrison setting up a ladder as a bridge between the ring and announce table. Ricochet jumped over it to hit a crossbody from the apron. They fought up to the stage, while the Miz followed behind slowly in his wheelchair. They continued the fight into the backstage area and used anything they could find to their advantage. Riddle came out and tipped over the Miz's wheelchair to take him out of the equation. Morrison ended up laying on the ladder, and Ricochet put him through it with a massive splash for the pin and the win. Ricochet would win the False Count Anywhere match against John Morrison. Also, now these guys could make a meme out of this. Quick, someone make a, another. These guys could someone make another emoji. John Morrison and shut up, Chris. John Morrison and um, Ricochet could fight forever, though. The they used to have a lot of fights in Lucha Underground, I'm pretty sure. Literally, like, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, they can fight forever. Literally. Morrison and Ricochet have some of the best chemistry in the ring, without a doubt. The next match we had was Raw Women's Champion Rhea Ripley taking on one half of the Women's Tag Team Champions in Natalia. They started with a fairly basic exchange of holds and counters. It took at least a minute before Ripley hit the first strike of the match yep. with a kick to the ribs. Natalia showed off some of her technical prowess during a series of pinning combinations. Tamina ended up getting hit by a dropkick when Natalia avoided the hit at ringside. We returned from a commercial break to see Ripley hit a mass missile dropkick. Natalia dropped Rhea on her tailbone but the champ recovered quickly and put her in a submission. Natalia countered into a pin for a two-count. She applied the sharpshooter, but Ripley countered and sent her into the turnbuckle. She grabbed Natalia and hit her riptide finisher for the pin and the win. But Charlotte Flair would attack her after the match was over and put her in the figure four, making a sign of what's to come at Money in the Bank. And then up next for the main event, we had the VIP Lounge. MVP and the group of women he and Lashley roll with were about to celebrate in the VIP lounge. It took a few tries to introduce Bobby Lashley before he would make his way down the ring. He told the women to leave and ripped into MVP. He said Kingston was right about him getting soft and losing to Woods was his wake-up call. 
Lashley said he appreciates everything MVP has said, but then he said this bullshit needs to stop. And then after that, he destroyed the entire VIP lounge and sent a very, very ominous message to Kofi. Bobby's not playing around anymore. He's serious about this. It was a huge way to end Monday Night Raw. That, ladies and gentlemen, was your last show in the Thunderdome. Good riddance. 70 weeks of no crowds. 70. 70. 70. Michael Cole said it on SmackDown. 70 weeks. And now we're fully back with crowds, which is amazing. We had two shows with crowds, and both of them are being better than every single Thunderdome show. Imagine this episode of Monday Night Raw becomes a, a lot worse than in the Thunderdome. That would, I think, I I doubt think that this show's going to be the best one of the year. It has yeah, this one has to be the yeah. best. Mainly because of John Cena. Wait, Aletta, I have How is John Cena going to be at Raw when he's already with you in Wales? He's there at Wales with you, right? How is he going to get to Dallas that fast? That's the question. How did he get from Texas yesterday back to here that fast? Yeah, and how is he going to get back to Dallas? He still has, like, two hours. It's fine. Is that how long the trip is from there to Wales? No. It's John Cena. He can fly. You can't see him. No one can. Wait, well, now let's move on to NXT. Hi, next Ahmed. Up, go Hello, Ahmed. Rebecca Helfritz and William Thompson. But next Anyone up, tell me in the chat right now what your favorite match for Money in the Bank was. Go. Continue. Comment down below. Also, comment down below your favorite moment at Money in the Bank as well. Hate but anyways, back we've got our episode of NXT to cover. Kicking off the show would be Ember Moon versus Dakota Kai. Ember Moon walked out alone following the departure of Shotzi Blackheart to SmackDown while Raquel was there to back up Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai weathered the early storm from Ember Moon and took over by smacking Moon hard against the steel post. Kai hit... Uh, what the... How do I say this? K-A-O-I kick? Does anyone know how to say that? No. I have no idea how to say that. Thomas, do you? Uh, what? What name? It's spelled K-A-O-I. It's like Dakota's kick. I have no idea how to pronounce it. I don't know. Spelled A A O I. Here, I'll put it. Look at the gen chat. I'm gonna put it there. Cowie. I don't know. Yeah, that's what it is right there. It's a Cowie kick. What is it? You cut out. The Cowie. The Cowie kick. Cowie kick. Something, I don't know. Just call it a kick. Right. I hit the KO? That is some sort of a New Zealand kind of a word. Hmm. All right. But anyway, Kai hit the KOE kick, followed by a spin-out DDT, but could only get two on the pinfall. Ember Moon answered back with a Frankensteiner, 
but Kai recovered enough to plant Moon with a GTK for the win. Afterwards, the lights would go out, and Raquel would be confronted by Zaya Lee. Zaya Lee, Lee demands a title shot from Gonzalez, and she accepts. So we're going to be getting Zaya Lee versus Raquel Gonzalez in the future for the NXT Women's Championship. We have Ahmed saying he loves Biggie and Nikki Cross winning the ladder matches. And then Becca says her favorite, her favorite was the women's ladder match, and her favorite moment was when Seth came out and hit Edge to save the match for Roman. Ooh, Seth saving Roman the title. Almost saving that title for himself. I mean, at least we oh. have that match set up for SummerSlam now. Because he knows he can beat Roman, but he can't beat Edge. My favorite moment is Roman Reigns reacting to John Cena and turning. Yeah, Roman's face was, he was just shocked. He was yeah, like, Roman, oh, Roman was just like... He looked mad then he was like, are you freaking joking me? It's my moment, and then Cena's like, this nope. Is, this is my yard. And Cena's like, whoa, calm down, bro. It's been too long. Yeah, now continue. We had another backstage segment with uh, Diamond Mine but they would be interrupted by Bobby Fish calling out for a challenge, and he's put up against Tyler Russ. But we also had L.A. Knight giving Cameron Grimes a makeover for his role as a butler, which we finally got to see. L.A. Knight... Well, well, actually... To be, to be fair, Cameron Grimes surprisingly enjoyed his change in spite of L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight pretty much forced Grimes to mow his lawn manually, which did not worry Cameron, who ended up delegating the works to kids, and then he quote-unquote accidentally knocked L.A. Knight into the pool. So we had the match then between Bobby Fish and Tyler Rust. While Fish had Rust reeling early on, Roderick Strong distracted Fish, allowing Rust to connect on a chop block and buzzsaw kick for the win. Just like that. But after that, Kushida ran down to make the save before Diamond Mine could do more damage to Fish. So could we possibly see something between Bobby Fish and Kushida in the future with Diamond Mine? Or do you think that's just a one-off? Tag team, maybe? Maybe. Or maybe... Yeah, tag team match. You know what I find interesting? Uh, They've targeted Bobby Fish. I I know it's because of how strong is there. Do you think they're going to go through every member of UE one by one? I have no idea, honestly. That's how I would do it. And finish with Adam Cole. Finish with Adam Cole, yeah. The next match we had, we have the Saray versus someone named Gigi Dolan. She came out to challenge Saray after she was denied by Tony Storm, which resulted in the match. Gigi Dolan worked hard to prove herself against Saray, especially after the surprise arrival of Mandy freaking Rose. Gigi Dolan is... Mandy Rose, surprisingly, there. Yeah, I, the I was confused. Typically, yes. typically they, might, they might plan to trade one of the NXT NXT superstars to uh, Raw for Mandy Rose to go to NXT, possibly. I think I know. I think I know which NXT star is going to Raw. But, appara- but oh, 
also for mm-hmm. Gigi Dolan, he's she is known as Basilla Kelly. Mm. And I think I know which NXT star is taking Mandy Rose's place in Raw. And I think it's Aaliyah after what she did, which we are going to talk about later on today. But after that, all she could find to beat Saray was roll-up attempts, but it didn't work. Saray answered back with a low drop kick, and she would deliver a suplex, the Saido suplex, for the win. Saray would defeat Gigi Dolan. And also, what the frick is Mandy Rose doing there? Next up, we have... I don't know. Did you hear that apparently Dana Brooke is apparently pregnant? What? Yeah, that's why I I thought it was just she got married. People were saying that she was pregnant earlier. I don't know. Was that earlier today or something? Yeah. I'm just saying what I heard. I'm seeing some stuff on her being pregnant. Do you think that's why they moved Mandy Rose to Raw? Or not Raw, NXT. Could be. Could be why Mandy Rose is in NXT, because what else could she do without Dana Brooke? And that's surprising to say. But anyway... Our next match we had was Dexter Loomis versus Santos Escobar. Santos Escobar mocked Dexter Loomis as a loser while promising to take out Isaiah Swerve Scott, who holds the North American Championship. Dexter Loomis scarred Santos Escobar, who gladly accepted repeated help from Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza to save him. It was only thanks to repeated interference, including Mendoza pulling him out of the silence, that Escobar was allowed to win with the Phantom Driver. Hit Row met Legado del Fantasma at the ramp, making clear Swerve was not afraid of Escobar. Beth Phoenix told Indy Hartwell to take her shot, and she found Loomis post-match and tried to carry him, but Candice LeRae broke them up. Damn it, Candice, why would you do that? Hey, I'm just Yeah, in the index trip. Carry on. Should be a thing. Index. Yeah, I I'd like to see a love story between them. And I just said them. Yeah, this is apparently true. Also, Naomi's been moved over to SmackDown quietly, secretly. Wait, Naomi's on SmackDown now. Apparently, she's been moved. She's been traded. Oh. It's been all over the news. They silently moved her over there. Early superstar shakeup or something? This could probably be an early superstar shakeup. But anyway, our next match we had was the beginning of the NXT breakout tournament we had. The match would be between superstars Ikeman Zero and Duke Hudson. Both made clear how much it meant to them to win the NXT Breakout Tournament. Hudson was overconfident early on Giro, took advantage. He sent Hudson reeling out of the ring, following a head-scissors counter to a razor's edge. However, Hudson's power was too much for Ikeman Giro, who fell to a spinning side slam. Then, Pete Dunne promised to take out whoever won between Cross and Gargano. However, Thatcher and Champa attacked him and Oni Lorcan to make their own statement. 
So Hikamanjiro lost to Duke Hudson. Pete Dunne made a statement but got interrupted by Champa and Thatcher pretty much. So we might be getting something between Champa and Thatcher and Dunne and Lorcan in the future. I don't know. But next up we had... Hello, hello, Hunter. hello everyone! I am officially back. How we doing? Yes, I know, I, 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 I interrupted you. Sorry. Well, you better get ready, Peyton. Yeah, yeah don't worry. Okay. Uh, how, how's, your, how's your tits looking, Peyton? Shut How you cook them well? Shut up, dude. It's spaghetti, okay? <laughs> A homemade spaghetti, if you would. Alright, continue, please. Alright. The next match we had on NXT was Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro versus the Robert Stone brand. Jessica Mia showed off her size and power early, but Aaliyah could not keep that momentum going. Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro took over the action and hit their signature tag team finisher for the win. Afterward, Aaliyah beat down Robert Stone for never helping her. Frankie Monet arrived and convinced Camilla to walk out on Stone. Backstage, Stone caught up with the group as Monet advised that the brand was under new management without Aaliyah. This be the end, Roberts. Can you like get slapped or something in the face, or like pushed? So, yeah, by Aaliyah, I think. Yeah, that was that happening. I think Aaliyah is going to be moving to Monday Night Raw with the trade right. for Mandy Rose. Aaliyah Why might be the one treating the LBE so bad. The LBE was so good in TNA. Mm. Robbie. Yeah, his name in TNA was LBE. He was so good. Yeah, I don't know why they haven't put him in the ring. I just don't get it. But after that, Kyle O'Reilly promised he was not done with Adam Cole, but he needed to find his killer instinct first. Cole headed to the ring, where he said he was done with O'Reilly. He taunted Samoa Joe by saying no one, including Samoa Joe, was man enough to face him. But then, out came... Bronson Reed. He arrived and body-checked Cole out of the I ring. Joe glared down Cole on his way to the ring to prepare for the main event. So Bronson Reed pretty much got inter... Bronson Reed pretty much interrupted Adam Cole. So we might be getting that match in the future. Interrupting any... Adam Cole is... I don't think it's a wise thing to do. Yeah... We'll kick you in the face. Mm-hmm. Yep. But anyway, we get on to the main event, which is Karrion Cross defending his NXT championship against Johnny Gargano with Samoa Joe as the special guest referee. Samoa Joe wanted Karrion Cross to follow his rule of law, but <laughs> Cross responded by making clear he would hurt him if he was screwed over. Gargano promised Joe he would always follow the rules, and apparently Gar Gargano is apparently playing the face role in this, I guess? Weird. But Johnny attacked Cross before the bell rang, and Joe rang it as the two would not stop. They battled to the outside, where Cross slammed Gargano hard against the announce table. The crowd was... The crowd was surprisingly behind Johnny as he attempted to rally, but scarred but Scarlet seemed to give the champion more resilience. 
Gargano sent Cross hard into the barricade to set up one final beat, but Cross planted him with a series of suplexes. Rolling through the pain, Gargano locked in the Gargano escape, but Cross overpowered him up into a Cross jacket. Johnny Gargano barely made the ropes, and Joe had to pull Cross away. Cross attempted to smash Gargano with the steel steps, but Joe again got in the way. Cross and Joe would argue, but Gargano would hit a suicide dive into a DDT, followed by the one final beat for a near fall. Cross answered back with a rolling elbow to the back of the head, a trio of power bombs, then to Doomsday Saito. A second rolling elbow ended it. Cross would retain the NXT Championship. But, as Joe was leaving the ring, Cross locked him in the cross jacket and made Joe pass out. You do not do that to Samoa Joe. Especially when he's the enforcer. Joe's, Joe's got to be returning to the ring after that. We yeah, have to when you match. provoke Joe, it bad things got to happen. Most likely. He's going to face Pat him at some point. He's probably going to face Adam Cole first, though. Probably. Probably so. That does it for NXT. But next up, hey. we've got to talk about Wednesday night. AEW Fighter Fest, night one. So this begins... Night one. This begins the two-night event Fighter Fest, which is happening both in Dallas for the next two weeks. Part two ending off this week as well. We get our, our, ourselves the first match of the night is going to be John Moxley, the current IWGP US Heavyweight Champion, taking off, taking on Machine Gun Carl Anderson with Dark Dark Gals as Kingston was at Moxley. Ah, you said Anderton. You said Anderton. Ah, I know, I know. I was choking a bit. <coughs> Anyways. Uh, Moxley came out first, despite being the reigning champion. Kingston jumps Gallows as the Good Brothers were making their entrance, and they spill into the crowd. Moxley attacks Anderson and goes to work on a challenger. They exchange forearms in the center of the of the ring, and as it looks like they they were thinking the Kuraku can haul now. Moxley hits hits the ropes and eats a running uppercut from a machine gun. Moxley comes back with a clothesline that sends Anderson to the floor. And he tosses Anderson to the barricade and chokes him with the cable. Anderson bites Ander Moxley bites Anderson before rolling him back into the ring. Anderson manages to cap Moxley with a jawbreaker on the top rope as Moxley tries to cli climb back in. And then he drop kicks Moxley, knocking him into the barricade on the floor. As he rolls back into the ring, Moxley Anderson attacks Moxley and then beats him down to the corner. Hits a spine buster for two, goes to the top. Then Moxley cuts him off and hits a superplex. Hit, then hits a ger snap German in the clothesline. He attempts a suplex, but Anderson blocks it and goes for the gun stun. Moxley blocks it as they clothesline each other. Moxley ducks the clothesline and locks in a sleeper. He then releases the hold and goes for a pile driver, but Anderson blocks it and kicks Moxley. Before hitting some sort of modified Bernard driver for two, Anderson goes up top and dies off with a flying nepper for another near fall. Anderson g attempts a DVD, which is a Death Valley driver. But, Manny but, Mo but Moxie comes into a paradigm shift attempt. 
Anderson comes with a, to the to the gun stun, but Moxie manages to roll towards the ropes to get away from a pin attempt. Anderson lifts Moxie up to his shoulders and spins him spins him to a to the swivel gun stun. One, two, no kick out. Moxie counters another gun stun attempt and hits his lip cord lunatic lariat and the paradigm shift for the pin. And still, the IWGP US Champion Moxley by pinfall. Jake Roberts talks to Lance Archer. Uh, Jake Roberts talks to Lance Archer backstage. Then Archer says that Moxley took that title away from him originally, and it says that it's time for him to finally get his rematch. He says since they had a Texas Death Match in Japan, it's time to have another one next week. Then go to commercial break. Earlier today, Andrade El Idolo asked where Dread Triangle is and asked Alex Arantes to give him a message. He tells Alex to let him know that El Idolo is looking for them. And next up, we have ourselves the Machine Brian Cage versus Absolute Ricky Starks for the FTW Championship. Now, I'm not going to go into uh, any, uh, all the, the, all of the stuff because we got a uh, we got a so uh, a few hours before Raw Raw starts. So uh, where that match will be, Ricky Starks via pin, and he is the new FTW champion. <coughs> Jesus Christ! Cody Rose walks out to announce the desk and says that a phone call will have work just for fight from Malachi Black. Then screams about him attacking Arn. Cody says he doesn't think get to his point across the demands of microphone. Cody says that he may not win every fight, but, he he, but he's a damn sure better job when he's coming. He says this is Firefest and this is... It says it feels like fighting. Bog appears on the screen and starts saying weird shit about seeing a man kill a horse. Also said that the man saw that all the wear on his championship horse has taken a toll on him. And eventually, his owner put him out of his misery. He says that he left with Cody and Arn in the eyes last week. The fight wasn't there. Cody screams at Black, come down right now, take a better look at it. Black says that he was hoping he would say that. The lights go out, and Black appears in the ring when they come on. Black and Cody attack each other. Black, Black wearing... Black and Cody wearing white until security and referees separate them into a massive ovation from a crowd. Commercial break. Nah. Nothing else here. It's, it's about freaking Elite. Dark Order. Um, we, we did get a, a confirmation that there's going to be an Elite versus Dark Order 5 on 5 elimination match next week. Hopefully this, hopefully that'll be pretty good. Uh, then commercial break. Chris Jericho cuts cut the promo on MJF. Says that he doesn't care about who MJF puts in the ring. Him as long as he'll knock out. And then, and then it looks like MJF is going to be the, the first challenger for Chris Jericho next week. And then next match is going to be Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy. Winner was Christian, by the way, of a kill switch. 
Uh, then we have another promo from Tovi Shiov. What was his last name again? Says I doesn't care about who MJF puts in the ring him as long as he'll knock out. And then, and then it looks like MJF is going to be the, the first challenger for Chris Jericho next week. And then next match is going to be Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy. Winner was Christian, by the way, of a kill switch. Uh, then we have another promo from Tovi Shiov. What was his last name again? Thomas, I say it again. Giovanni. Giovanni, thank you. And then Giovanni cuts a promo on Britt Baker before Miro cuts promo bait something AW, yada yada yada. And then and then and then we have John Moxley accepting the Jesus fucking Christ. Then we had ourselves John Moxley and uh, a promo about him accepting the death match. Next up, we had ourselves Wheeler it's Utah. A, it is. It is a. Yeah, a it's a Texas death, death match. match. Yeah, and, I and know. apparently, the last. Yep, and the last time that match happened, and the last time the match between <clears throat> Moxley and what's this Archer happened at for the Texas death match. It was back at Wrestle Kingdom 14, New Japan for Wrestling in 2020. Got it. Thank you. Next up, we have ourselves Wheeler Yuta with the best friends taking on the Spanish god Sammy Guevara. Representing Inner Circle, and the winner of that match. This is his home state. Yep. And the winner of this match was a match was Guevara via the Go to Hell. And then Giovanni interviews the factory. Um. Okay. The next one we had ourselves, Penel before taking on Yuka Saka. Wait. Yuka Saka Saki. Yep. Thank you. And the winner, the the winner of that match was actually going to be Yuka Sakazaki via a magical girl splash. Who that was not? I have no idea who it was, but that but that's a weird name for a finisher. And then no, I'm talking about the person. I, I have no idea. Anyways, main event of the evening for was Darby Allen taking on Ethan Page <clears throat> in AEW's first ever coffin match. Where basically you have to put your opponent inside of a coffin in order to win. And the winner of that match was Allen, by the way, of grabbing a skateboard and then get on stumps, the bitch, at the page, sending him to the coffin and shutting the lid and and after the match, Allen hits a coffin drop through Page inside of it, and that's how we end AEW Dynamite. And now over, and now over to the Dynamite. Top. Yes, yeah, Dynamite. Dynamite. Fighter. Fighter Fest. Well, yeah, it's Dynamite Fighter Fest. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, moving on to Noble. Anyways, anyway, anyways yeah. on to Thomas Noble for Impact, the go home show, the go home show before its anniversary.
Go ahead. Bubble. <clears throat> Hold on, I'm... Switch devices. Go ahead, buddy. Just gotta switch devices for a second. I'm on my... Here we go. Oh, so it was Dynamite Fighter Fest. Okay. Yeah, it is Dynamite Fighter Fest here. It's a paper... That's kind of stupid, to be honest with you, but... Anyway. Pick off... <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so kick off it Impact Wrestling to go home show for Slaversary. It is Tanil Dashwood and Caleb with a K against Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering. <clears throat> and typically this is the match that they wanted because Tanil Dashwood just taken out Jazz last week. At the end of the match, the winner is Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering by pin over Dashwood and Caleb with a K. Next match is the Knockouts, ta one half of the Knockouts Tag Team Champions, not, I, but yes. Tasha Steeles uh, with Kira Hogan against Havoc and Rosemary. At the end of the match, it is Havoc over one half of the Knockouts Tag Team Champions, Tanit, I damn it again. Almost gonna say Tenio Dashwood. She, she's not in this. <sighs> Tasha steals by by a pinfall. <clears throat> and after and then moving on from there, it is Steve Macklin against a jobber named Cal Hero. Jobber. And apparently the winner of the match is Steve Macklin. And after the match, once quiet Steve Macklin just sat on the microphone and says that he's done waiting and is looking for a challenge. And then Father Roseburg needs Father James Mitchell, uh, Mitchell to, to transform Havoc into a member of Decay just days before the challenge with Fire Flavor for the Knockouts Tag Team Championships at Slaversary. So typically, Havoc is now part of Havoc. I mean, Havoc is now joining with, uh... Havoc, Havoc is now... That's that an awesome, weird botch. <laughs> Havoc is now a part of Havoc. <laughs> Funniest thing I've There's ever heard in my team life. called Havoc, and then you have Havoc as the fucking leader. Havoc... Havoc is a superstar, and the tag team name is Havoc. Yeah. Yay. Anyway. Next match. <clears throat> Hold on. Uh, okay, it's a tag team match. It is Josh Alexander, Chris Bay, Trey Miguel, and Petey Williams against Ace Austin. Batman Fulton, Rahit Raju, and Shira. Typically, baby faces against the heels. And they end the match. The faces takes the win and, and ahead of their, their return of the Ultimate X at Slammiversary. And then, next match. 
Uh, hold on a second. Uh, if I miss anything... Uh, okay, there we go. In the ring, Brian Myers and Sam Bale call out Jake Suffin that's so Myers in a knowledge against the professional wrestler per stipulation for their match last week. Jake comes out and he's not alone. Join him is Myers' rival, Matt Cardona. Myers said that he'd be a professional, but he's not a star. Things getting physical as Cardona takes Myers out with a impriator. Cardona sets up for a running kick until Tennille Durden hits him with a low blow from behind. It appears Dashwood was a person who Myers was speaking to backstage. And she was a per, per, personal past with Cardona. Myers joined the assault and stands tall along with Dashwood. Scott DeMore tells an enraged Matt Cardona to find a partner for the mixed match. To, I mean, mixed tag match against Brian Myers and Tennille Dashwood this Saturday at Slammiversary. Next match, it is Booth versus Hernandez. The end of the match, Moose heads Hernandez, and Moose wraps a steel chair around the leg of Hernandez, attempt to injure him, but Saban makes the save. Next, we got a another. It is a another fatal four-way match. Compared to last week, it is Joe Doring, one half of the tag team champions, against Willie Mack, Ballabaugh, and Doc Gallows. And this is, and by the way, this is the main event. At the end of the match, Joe Doring pins Mack, Swan, and Gallows for the Battle of the Hoses. And we go off air for Slammiversary. And now... Wait, off the air? You said off the air for Slammiversary. I'm not going to say anything. That got me confused. I think you meant for Impact. Yeah, just Impact. Yeah. Off the air for Impact. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Dude, you are drunk today, my friend. You are very drunk. <laughs> Because I drink an auto Palmer, so if only water made us drunk. If only wow. if only oh, water. If... Alright, now the most anticipated show of all time. The show Smackdown. Back with wife. Uh, First one back. You forgot Slab I did you do Slabiversary? No, Smackdown in the order. Of the days, Thomas. This was probably the best televised wrestling show of the year so far. This episode of Friday Night Smackdown with all of the fans returning live in attendance. Mr. It's McMahon kicked off the today. show, entering the arena, asking the audience, Where the hell have you been? Before what? returning to the locker room. That's all he said. Where the hell have you been? Returns to the locker room. Roman Reigns is the first man to come out. 
and he drew a thunderous mix of cheers and boos as he entered the ring. The universal title in hand and flanked by both the Usos and Paul Heyman for a six-man tag team match against Ray and Dominic Mysterio and Edge. The babyfaces controlled early. Well, wait, we can't talk about the match yet because the pop for Edge when his music hit was crazy. Him coming out with the pyro and the Mysterios following along with it as well was really cool. The crowd just went nuts for Edge and the Mysterios when they came out. Well, mainly Edge. That was probably the loudest pop of the night. The babyfaces controlled early until the Usos downed Dominic and Reigns tagged in. Roman Reigns powerbombed Dominic on the announce table as the heels established dominance entering the break. Coming out of the break, though, Edge tagged into the match and unloaded on everyone, including Roman Reigns. As the action broke down, Edge speared Reigns on the floor. Back in the ring, a cheap shot from Jimmy allowed Jay to roll up Reign for the tainted pinfall victory. Roman Reigns and the Usos would win against the babyfaces. But after that, the Usos continued to beat down the Mysterios after the match until Edge made the save with a chair. Reigns rocked Edge with a Superman punch and teased using the same broken piece of the chair Edge utilized against him. Roman was going for the crossface on Edge until Edge came out out of nowhere with a spear. Then Edge realized he knew what he had to do. He he applied the crossface on Roman Reigns with the piece of the chair, and surprisingly enough, Roman Reigns tapped out in front again. of fans live. The fact that it was in front of fans live. Yeah. That was huge. And at the end of that segment, we see Edge standing tall, holding the Universal title high above his head. But next up, after the latest backstage confrontation between Seth Rollins and Edge, in which the four, in which Seth vowed to win Money in the Bank and cash it in on Edge, Sami Zayn entered the re- arena and continued to tout his conspiracy theories about injustice and his exclusion from said ladder match. He would talk about continued justice until the music of a returning Finn Balor played as he came out not only making his return to the main roster, but surprisingly making his Friday Night Smackdown debut. Mm-hmm. Balor countered a sneak attack from Sami Zayn, Wasn't downed him, and delivered a coup de grace before standing tall, with the fans joining him in his signature pose, their arms no outstretched one. like his. No one expected down. People were saying that it was his return to SmackDown, but it's actually the first time he's been on SmackDown. Because his entire main roster career, he's been on Raw. Let's hope they can actually find something for him this time. I'm actually glad he's on SmackDown, because we could probably soon get Reigns vs. Balor. Maybe Mm. Clash of Champions or TLC? Who knows? Yeah. But the next match... We had was a rematch from the last week. Shotzi and Knox versus Natalia and Tamina. Shotzi and Knox sought to follow up their victory over the women's tag champs, Natalia and Tamina, with a second victory 
But this is also a non-title match. But this time during the match, we had Zelina Vega and Liv Morgan watching from the commentary position. Natalia and Tamina were well on their way to victory late in the match when Morgan and Vega's bickering turned into a brawl that distracted Natalia and allowed Tegan Knox to score the win off a, off a small package roll-up. Shotzi and Knox get another win over Natalia and Tamina. But after the match, an infuriated Tamina and Natalia unloaded on Vega and Morgan, only for Liv to turn the tides and stand tall, pointing to the briefcase overhead in a potential sign of things to come Sunday night at Money in the Bank. But next up, we had the SmackDown Women's Championship match between Bianca Belair and Carmella. When Bianca Belair made her entrance, the crowd went nuts. The pop was huge for Bianca. She was massively cheered. In what has been a whirlwind for a year for her thus far, SmackDown Women's Champion Bianca Belair looked to continue her winning ways as she defended against quote-unquote the most beautiful woman in all of WWE, Carmella. Bianca controlled early only for Carmella to turn the tide in her favor heading into the break. Belair fought back after the break, powering her opponent to the mat. Carmella answered with a hurricane runner from the top rope and a guillotine. She scored a near fall and proceeded to pull at the champion's ponytail, only for Belair to whip her with it in the midsection and deliver the KOD for the successful title defense. Just like what happened to Sasha at WrestleMania, that whip and then the KOD was all that we needed. I still wish we could have seen Bailey on Bianca and an I Quit match, though. Yeah, the I Quit match would have been fire. Next up, Baron Corbin made his way to the ring. He was just a mess as the commentators recapped his recent downward spiral. Corbin implored the audience to help him financially, which now he introduces his own GoFundMe called a Corbin Fund Me site. As he got down on his knees to beg, Kevin Owens came out clearly fired up by the live audience as he made his way and confronted Corbin. After Corbin stuck his own foot in his mouth by insulting Owens, KO dropped him with a stunner. Big E joined him in the ring as the fatal four-way main event was prepared. Shinsuke Nakamura and Seth Rollins rounded out the field. The action got underway fast and furiously, with Rollins, Big E, and Owens taking big bumps to the floor headed to the break. Back from the commercial break, the action broke down. Owens delivered a top rope elbow drop off the top of the ladder, driving Nakamura through the announce table. But back inside the ring, Rollins delivered the curb stomp to Big E, driving him face first into a ladder for the pinfall victory. He stood tall and climbed the ladder and actually grabbed the Money in the Bank briefcase for a sign to come at Money in the Bank as SmackDown goes off the air. And now for the good stuff. First, we got Slammiversary. Thomas Noble. Alright. Ah, fucking wrong tab. Here we go. Slammiversary kicks off with the Knockouts Tag Team Championships between Decay, which is a group of Havoc and Rosemary, accompanied with Black Taurus and Crazy Steve against Fire and Flavor, the champions. And at the end of the match, after almost nine minutes in the match, Decay are the new Knockouts Tag Team 
champion. Net the first, the main show kicks off with the return of the Ultimate X match, which is between Ace Austin, Chris Bay, Petey Williams, Rohit Raju, Trey Miguel, and the X Division Champion Josh Alexander. And the end of the match, while the guys are battling the truck, while the guys are fighting from behind, it was all was on on the ropes of the Ultimate X structure was Chris Bay and Alexander. But however, Chris Bay falls to down to the to the canvas and stand tall. Alexander retains the X Division Championship. Oh my God, my head. Next match, it is the mixed tag team match between Brian Myers and Tanio Dashwood against Matt Cardona and a mystery partner, which the mystery partner is is Chelsea Green, his wife. And the winner of the match, surprisingly, is the husband and wife of Impact Wrestling. Cardona and Green. Next match, it is it is between W. Morrissey and Eddie Edwards. And sadly, Morrissey demolished Eddie Edwards to a bloody pulp, and he wins by pinfall. And before we come back to break. Madman Fulton and Shira take, almost taking hostage of Slabiversary until Scott DeMore announces they have they want to if they want to compete and they're gonna face the guys who already made their return, the former Impact Tag Team Champions, Finn Juice, Juice Robinson and David Finley. And, and, it, and this match ends quickly as Finn Juice defeated Fulton and Shira by pinfall. Next match, Chris Saban against Moose. And this match just went back and forth, but, but uh, however, Chris Saban steals the victory from Moose by pinfall. Next match, Chris Saban. Yeah. And the next match, it is Viola by Design, the tag team champions, which is the current, the uh, which is the champs with uh, Joe Doring and Rhino against Rich Swan and Willie Mack, the Good Brothers, and Viola Bar with his new with TJP not able to compete, and you never know what the partner what the partner Viola Bar has. He he his new partner. Is no way, Jose. I heard they're just going with no way. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm still gonna call him no way, Jose, because it's the same same, same. name. What? End of the match. Once again, and new Impact Tag Team Champions, the Good Brothers. And the next match is the Knockouts Championship match between Deanna Perrazzo and the mystery and the mystery opponent, which 
We all thought we, most of us thought it's Mickey James. Most of us think it was got. I thought it was going to be. Uh, what was it? <sighs> what was it? I, uh, it was. I thought it would be Terrell Wild, but none of us got it right. It is fucking Thunder Rosa. None of us knew this. But <clears throat> Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa was fantastic in this match, but Perazzo literally did a visual armbar to make Thunder Rosa tap out, and came up and out and after the match. Mickey James. Country. Country. Yep. So we're potentially we're gonna get. Deanna Perrazzo against Mickey James for the knockouts title. Well, she invited her to NWA Power, didn't she? Yeah, but she she doesn't that. Uh, but he she declined. Um, and we got the main event of the evening: Kenny Omega versus Sammy for the Impact World Championship. This match was brutal as hell. Yeah, it is. Like Kenny. Like, Callahan just got a pizza slicer, just literally made a cut on the forehead of Omega. Yeah. You got the fork. Yeah, fork. yeah, and the fork. Yeah. Hello, King of Bay. How are you doing? This will be um, the most brutal match. Besides, it might be the most brutal match. Omega bed. Fighting since he faced Moxley in the unsanctioned match. Yeah. But the end of the match, Omega defeated Callahan by pinfall. But Maria, a one winged angel to tax. Yeah, but after the match, you never know what. The, out, and out comes the. Never open weight champion for New Japan Pro Wrestling, Jay fucking White. Out of nowhere, out of thin air. And he was about to, and apparently, uh, the elite were trying to get, trying to get White to do the two sweet until Fig Juice tried to his attack, try to save Callahan, but and it just ended for Slammiversary. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. And now the it, moment we've all been waiting for. The best pay-per-view of all time, in my opinion. This year, this this year is Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank. What? He said best pay-per-view of all time. Yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree with yeah. that. If you were well, to say best pay-per-view of the year, I would agree with that. Well, well, I meant at the year. If you were to say best pay-per-view of the year, that was awesome, though. Alright, we ready? Yep. Let's go again. Yeah. Let's get this. On the kickoff show, we started with the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. The Mysterios defending their titles against the Usos. 
The Usos dominated the early part of the match, alternating taking the fight to both Rey and Dominic Mysterio. Dominic received a hot tag to take over on Jimmy Uso, hitting a springboard moonsault for a two-count. The momentum was short-lived, with the Usos catching Dominic coming off the top rope with a crossbody before swinging him into the ringside barricade. Ray received the next hot tag and went on a brief run with Dominic out of the actions. The Usos eventually fought back, only to have Dominic get back in the action to break up a double super kick from the Usos. Ray survived a top rope splash from J a top rope splash from Jay before he scored the pin with a roll up as Jimmy put his feet. Jay's back to help secure the pin. The Usos become the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. This was it's such a surprise though because it was on the kickoff show. Yeah, it was on the kickoff show. You probably could have swapped out the Raw Tag Titles. Yeah. yeah, besides. Like, a couple weeks before that, they announced that tonight's Raw would be the Raw Tag title match, but instead they moved it to Money in the Bank. It probably would have made more sense if the Raw Tag titles were defended at Money in the Bank. I think that would have been the better choice. Yeah. But nonetheless, we move on to the main show, starting with the Money in the Bank ladder match for the women's division. Asuka, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Ash, Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega, Natalia, and Tamina. There was a standard fast start for a Money Bank match, with everyone getting in a flurry of moves and also including Bliss trying to use her powers to summon the briefcase to fall to her. Tamina was the first woman to take control of the match for slingshotting Alexa Bliss into a ladder that had been suspended in the corner. Morgan tried to run up a ladder to grab the briefcase as Tamina was carrying it. Asuka finally ended Tamina's early dominance with some heavy strikes before things broke into more of a wide-open period. Bliss's magic finally came into play when she climbed the ladder at the same time as Vega before forcing Vega to climb back down. A flurry of bumps on the ladders and some finished teases followed. With every woman having a moment where they nearly won the match, uh, Tamina and Natalia turned their attention toward Bliss before the rest of the participants no, joined in, no, burying Bliss under ladders at ringside. So that pretty much put an end to Alexa Bliss. A trio of ladders was set up in the center of the ring, resulting in Asuka, Tamina, Morgan, Naomi, Vega, and Natalia to battle over the briefcase, only to see Cross, who is now being billed as Nikki Ash, Climbed over everyone to grab the briefcase and the victory. The bullshit ending, bro. The bullshit, bullshit, bullshit ending. How is it bullshit? No. I actually, yeah. I think it's actually an alright move. Okay, wait, wait, wait. that's an ultimate fuck you there. That's the. I, I thought it was bullshit at first, but Ross convinced me that's the way to push Nikki Ash, so apparently. It's not bullshit. It's the way the to fucking build It's a, it's a good underdog story. It's a good underdog story for me. Remember Nikki. what happened last year with motherfucking Otis? This is what my another underdog story that Nikki Ash is going to remember in fucking history. So you uh, better just get you that bullshit out of fucking saw Thomas, Thomas. You don't need to swear every freaking sentence. Calm down. Jeez. 
Continue, Hills. Yeah, sorry. We we the thing is we all thought Liv was gonna win, but instead Nikki would come out with the victory. It was decent. But the next match to continue Money in the Bank, Omos and AJ Styles defending the Raw Tag Team Championships against the Viking Raiders. Omos was in the ring briefly in the early going before the expected tag out of Styles to carry the team's work. Styles bounced around the ring for the power offense of the Raiders before clearing the ring and tagging in Omos, who threw Styles from the ring into a hurricane runner on Eric on the outside of the ring. The Raiders would eventually over on Styles once again before another tag to Omos to regain control of the action. The match feel right back pattern with Omos dominating only to tag Styles in to again get dominated by the challengers before Omos would get tagged back in yet again. Omos tossed Ivar with a massive press slam in one of the bigger feats of strength in the match but was eventually knocked out of the ring after Styles tagged back in. Styles took the Viking experience, but Omos broke the pin by shoving Eric onto Ivar as he was pinning Styles. Omos tagged back in and hit the choke bomb for the victory. AJ and Omos retain their Raw Tag Team titles. And again, I feel like this should have been in the pre-show, but it's already happened, so... There you go. And the next we had was for the WWE Championship. Bobby Lashley defending against Kofi Kingston. This match Kingston was a charged punk. This was a murder. This was this a was massacre a pretty much. Kingston charged hard from the opening bell, but a fired up Lashley quickly overpowered him before dropping Kingston with a huge lariat. Lashley continued to dominate the early period of the match, tossing Kingston around the ring before throwing him over the top rope and to ringside with a press slam. Kingston struggled to get anything going as Lashley continued to dominate before locking Kingston in the hurt lock. Rather than finishing the match, Lashley whipped Kingston around to hit a fallaway slam. Lashley followed up with a flatliner and a trio of dominators as the referee tried to urge him to end things. Lashley locked Kingston in the hurt lock again, putting Kingston to sleep and ending the match. Complete and utter dominance by the WWE Champion, Bobby Lashley. Kofi, after what happened- There was no Xavier Woods in this match, and I still don't know why. Yeah. And MVP was still there with Lashley too, it seemed like they were still good. Yeah, but no Xavier Woods, but he was there after the show in the interview, which is makes no sense. Yeah. But next up, we had the Raw Women's Championship match. Rhea Ripley defending against Charlotte Flair. Flair gave the fans... Oh. This, this was a moment I liked. Flair gave the fans a middle finger at the start of a match, establishing herself as the heel in this somewhat confusing rivalry. Flair then started hot, knocking Ripley from the ring apron before hitting a T-bone suplex into the turnbuckle when the action returned to the ring. Ripley came back by going after Flair's injured knee and dumping her over the top rope. Ripley tried to follow up a big German suplex with a dropkick, but instead found herself in a Boston Crab as the action continued to swing back and forth with the huge moves, including Flair's top rope moonsault to the outside and Ripley locking in her modified Texas Cloverleaf. Flair reversed Riptide into a DDT for a near fall as the crowd began buying into the match in a big way. Flair then hit natural selection from the top rope for a very convincing near fall, 
drawing a huge reaction from the crowd. Ripley missed a charge into the corner, and Flair took her to the outside, sandwiching Ripley's leg between the post and in the ring steps before kicking repeatedly, kicking the steps. With Ripley's leg softened up, Flair locked in the figure eight to force Rhea Ripley to tap out, and we have a new Raw Women's Champion, the Queen Charlotte Flair. Technically, though, the ending of that match was a DQ because she kicked the steps on her legs, so... Yeah, but then again, they want to DQ Ripley by using part of a table. Yeah. The, the logic sense, is there is so real. That is a 100% yeah, logic. High-level IQ. Oh, this match. This match, I had so much fun going off on this match, didn't oh, I? Oh, no, yeah, you did. <laughs> you really did. You went off. On this raw one, wait, the raw women's one. No, next match. All right, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, featuring Ricochet, John Morrison, Riddle, Drew McIntyre, Big E, Kevin Owens, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Seth Rollins. An all-out brawl got things going at the jump before Rollins and Morrison argued over who truly had drip. Ricochet and Riddle both came flying in on Rollins and Morrison, eventually fitting things to Big E and McIntyre in the ring. Morrison had a big highlight early moment, coming off the ladder with a twisting body block. Morrison and Rollins eventually began working together to take out other competitors, also setting up a ladder suspended between the ring apron and the commentary table. Morrison also helped Rollins hit a falcon arrow onto a ladder on Owens, after Owens hit a springboard moonsault on both men. Eventually, Rollins turned on Morrison, as expected, striking him with a ladder. It was then McIntyre's turn to take over, slamming Ricochet into the ladder with a verse spine buster and hitting a slipping dive over the top rope onto the rest of the field. McIntyre was then taken out of the match when Jinder Mahal, Veer, and Shanky ran in and attacked before dragging McIntyre to the back. Ricochet had one of the most iconic moments of the match, when he leaped from a ladder as Riddle was tipping it over, landing on the top rope and flipping onto a group on the outside. That was probably too. A, that was a huge that was probably moment of the match. That was probably the best moment of the match. He was only in that much to do something like that though. Yeah. Always count on Ricochet and John Morrison to do something big like that. Yeah. Oh, Shortly after, God. there was another big bump as Rollins powerbombed Owens from the ring and threw the ladder that was suspended on the commentary table earlier in the match. As Rollins seemed ready to grab the briefcase, Big E caught him and hit the big ending off the ladder. Big E then climbed the ladder and grabbed the briefcase to become Mr. Money in the Bank. Aled, would you like to continue your rant on this? Because you despised what happened just stupid first decision they could have made probably the worst person that could have won <coughs> this match because Big E is not world championship material he is absolutely cringy, the new day sucks Big E sucks he does not deserve uh, yeah, that man in the bank briefcase I would respectfully disagree with you, Aled. Either way, New Day still sucks. It either oh. don't, but 
Biggie has the biggest odds to win this fucking match. Okay, if you're if you're if you're telling me if you're telling me that a team that wear freaking unicorn shirts and throw pancakes around like little kids at a freaking playground is not bad, then I I don't know what to tell you. I do not say about the, the gimmick has been I the same. Say about the goddamn pancakes. I'm talking about Big E for having. Well, no, you just said they're not bad. The new day isn't bad. I just gave you a reason why. Look, I'm talking about Big E here. He's been into this company for goddamn few years, and he deserves to win Money in the Bank. He is championship material. Nope. Yeah, he is. I'm not gonna argue. Why don't we just move on to the main event, which was Roman Reigns defending his Universal Championship against the Rated-R Superstar Edge. This had a ton of hype into it. The dream match so many people have wanted for such a long time. The match started with a pair of collar and elbow ties, first with Roman shoving Edge to the corner and shoving his face, and then turning the favor as, as well. After more gamesmanship, Reigns drove Edge from the ring with a big shoulder block. Reigns tried to follow up with strikes, but Edge countered and started working on the arm, driving Reigns into the ring post twice, softening up for the crossface. Edge's attack was finally cut off when Reigns hit a Samoan drop outside the ring. Reigns tossed Edge around ringside, smashing him into the ring steps multiple times with a methodical pace. Reigns locked Edge in an extended chin lock, screaming that he could hold Edge in that position all night if he chose to. Edge countered a Superman punch into a backslide for a near fall, giving his first glimpse of hope since the opening of the match. After an edge execution, Edge again nearly scored the win, finally building momentum against Roman Reigns. Locked in a crossface. He locked in the STF, actually, and then he transitioned into the crossface. But Roman Reigns was still able to grab the bottom rope. Reigns then countered a spear attempt by locking in the guillotine. But Edge was able to make his body drive outside to the ring and knocked both men out. After the action spilled back outside the ring, Reigns missed a spear, driving himself through the barricade. Edge stopped the referee's 10 count and left the ring to spear Reigns through a second barricade. Reigns hit a Superman punch that also took out the referee when Edge crashed into his knee. With the ref down, Reigns rolled out of the ring and broke the bottom off a steel chair, saying he'd teach Edge a lesson trying to lock in the assisted crossface. Edge reversed with a series of headbutts before locking in the crossface with the metal pole. The Usos tried to make the save, but they were taken out by the Mysterios. Still with no referee in the match, Seth Rollins ran in and super-kicked Edge before walking off. Reigns went for a spear, but Edge hit one of his own. A new referee in the ring, giving Reigns enough time to kick out. Rollins then returned to the ring, drawing Edge to kick him from the ring apron, allowing Reigns to hit a spear to retain the WWE Universal Championship. It was a bit of a crazy match, but that also set up a match between Rollins and Edge, because after the match, Seth would continue to attack Edge. He would try Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship, but Edge would fire back on Rollins, and they would brawl outside of the which only left Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman inside the ring. The microphone was grabbed. Roman Reigns would say, Now the whole world can acknowledge me. 
until out would come a returning John Cena. The crowd huge. Became, the crowd became ecstatic for John Cena. This was massive, and f- this crowd reaction was louder than when he returned in 2008 at the Royal Rumble. I know this especially uh, got to Thomas because he says that he was his childhood favorite. Thomas, yeah, think, yeah. You and your brother, correct? Okay. Correct. But that is how Money in the Bank ended with John Cena returning and Roman Reigns just staring him down. What a crazy week of wrestling that was. Yeah, this week was... John Cena uh, after the show, you know? Yeah, he did. He expressed his gratitude for being back. And he said, I can guarantee you this isn't one night, but it is the first night. And now he's booked for Hall tonight and SmackDown this week. Imagine if he showed up in NXT. Nah. Nah. It makes no, no sense for him to show up. I mean, he's been in NXT. No sense whatsoever that Edge is going to NXT. Not Edge. Fucking John Cena goes to NXT. There's no way that's going to happen. I mean, there was it one time where no John Cena showed up in NXT. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense for him to go there now. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make I any mean, sense. Like a, I mean, like, for a visit or something. Oh, maybe he could go backstage, yeah, but he's not going to be on the show. Yeah. But that did it for this week of wrestling. Bro. That was a lot. A lot. That was a lot to talk about. Yep, and the thing is, we got like... I think this is the longest roundup we've done. Yep. Actually, wait. I... 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 I don't... No, it's not. Nope. But... It's not we have major announcements. Oh, we yeah. do. We do. Our podcast has something. Agent, do you want to do it? Yep. Our podcast has something to distribute to all across all podcast services, including Google Podcasts, freaking Podcaster, Podcaster Breaker, all that stuff. So you can search us at the WrestleArt Podcast on all podcasting services. Um, on Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Breaker, and also, remember, we're on Spotify, too. And here on YouTube, so subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Subscribe to us here. Follow us on every single one of those platforms. Listen to us. Yes, make sure we leave. Amazing. We already like found out today. Yeah. So make sure we leave. If you like the video, comment down below. Subscribe to us. Always make sure you ring that bell for more content from us. Anchor, thanks so much for sponsoring this episode of this roundup because this is the Anchor is the best way to get your podcast for free. Just go to Anchor.com, get your uh, stuff signed up, and then get started with your podcast for free. Go to anchor.com and get started with your own podcast. But uh, make sure you comment down below. Mm-hmm. Make sure you comment down below any top 10 designs, ideas. Because we're, because we're not doing any top 10 this week because this, this, this final week of streaming is over. So. Oh, we did five streams this week. 
I'm no. pretty sure this is our well, sixth. Six. This is our sixth yeah. stream. Six well, no, streams this week. First one of the new week. First yeah. one of the new week. Yeah, first one of the new week. Yeah, so we're off. We're not streaming tomorrow or Wednesday. We'll be back on Thursday, though. I guess you could say it's a new week. Yes, it is. I think I pissed off a little. Yeah. You wanna? Do you wanna just leave now? Yeah, I've gotta go Shut order up. food. Go, go <laughs> we'll order food. We'll be back on Thursday with a with a special guest. Hopefully, everyone everyone has a great day. For Led Ross and Noble, this is Pancast saying, "Always the best, best in life." Wrestle Arc out. Peace. 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 Growing up ain't easy Too many things to do weekly Too many thoughts to think deeply Too many thoughts to be sleeping Yeah, oh my god I'm not eating I feel so empty, I'm receding And all of my friends are misleading All of these posts and the lives are leading Yeah, oh, no way I ain't gonna stand for this today I'ma keep my head down, I'm okay I don't wanna listen to a word they say uh, and we all know fear is a slogan, yeah And we all feel broken, yeah And we all outspoken Need someone who could just go shout I struggle in this place Been in circles several days Never knowing the right way, mm, yeah Sometimes I struggle in this place 